Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Bilal Ajazi is my guest today. He is the CEO and co-founder of Poly. They have an engagement app that was purpose-built to work in the environments of solutions like Slack, Microsoft Teams, and Zoom. We're going to talk about the company's priorities, the potential of applications like this one, and how they'll be put to use on this edition of People Tech. Glad, thanks for coming in. One of the things that I've noticed about Poly is, you know, you you talk about working in environments like Slack and Teams and, and what have you. Do you only distribute through those kinds of solutions or do you have other other mechanisms as well? Um, so we are, we, we call each one of those, uh, areas that we work in surfaces. So, you know, Slack and teams are definitely key surfaces for us and, and more recently zoom as well. But, uh, we recently launched the ability to actually take a poly with you anywhere on the web and, uh, and, and take the, the, get that, get those responses and get, and get your feedback anywhere where work is happening. And so for us, we view each surface as, as like a unique opportunity to drive specific types of feedback based on what's happening in that workplace. But we're continually expanding the surfaces that we operate on. And ultimately for us, that means enabling feedback anywhere uh, where work is happening. Can you give me an example of that, how you pair the work and what's happening there with the information you want to collect? Yeah, absolutely. So I think all hands tends to be a really great type of scenario for us. Uh, So whether it's an all hands or a town hall, like something where you need feedback from a lot of people and you want it kind of before, during and after the the meeting. And and there's like kind of key phases in how that feedback is collected. So just to give you an example, if you're a Slack or Teams first organization, you can send your poly out to a channel that you might have um, that's dedicated to the all hands. So we here at Poly, we have an all hands channel where every month we'll, um, before our all hands, be able to, to collect questions, you know, gather topics and, and that kind of thing. And then you can just take that Poly that you've been running in Slack or Teams, create a link out of it and share that live during the Zoom or Teams conversation that you're having. But again, given the world of remote, not everybody may not may be able to join that all hands live. Some people may be watching the recording. Some people um, may just be looking at the transcript afterwards. And you still want those people to be able to participate and have an opportunity to have their voice be heard. So you can keep that link open for some time after the all hands and enable uh, capturing feedback on the full cycle. So that's that's an example of a workflow that transitions from uh, kind of an asynchronous channel-based communication to a synchronous meeting, but then goes back to asynchronous as uh, as people are, are, are consuming it in different forms. All this talk about the flow of work makes me wonder about companies who have spent, you know, crazy amounts of money to build an interface, to build a user experience. And, and now there's companies like yours coming along. You, you want to wrap into other systems, not build your own, build your own way. What do you think? Is this a movement that's got legs? Do you you think we'll see more and more companies basically working with integrations as opposed to their own environment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think 
if you think about the field of software, that's actually been a long-term secular trend in software generally, right? And so um, both my co-founder and I started our careers at Microsoft working on Windows and Windows was kind of the same thing, right? You could, you're not building a UI from scratch, you're building it on the Windows operating system. Uh, same, you know, after Windows, I went on to become a mobile developer and in mobile, you're, you're building on the interface that Android and iOS provide. And so I just view Slack and Teams and these other surfaces that we operate on as the new operating system. They are the new way of, of uh, enabling like a, 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 an OS of work. And uh, we are the first generation of apps that are operating on these new operating systems. And so I think it, in a way, what we're doing is not new at all. It's, 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 it's a story that we've seen uh, over and over again in software, it just happens to be a different surface and a different operating system than, than we're typically used to. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. And do you have any particular kind of company that likes you, that likes to use you, um, meaning any particular sectors or size? Yeah, no, I, we're actually really, really broad, as you can imagine, from the user base on Slack, Teams, and Zoom. They, they tend to be used from 10-person shops all the way to you know 100,000-plus size companies, and that's true of us as well. We... Um, we have both the self-serve and an enterprise business and on the enterprise business, we're serving fortune 100 customers and doing that at scale. And on the self-serve side, people check out with a 10 person team. And so, um, for us, there isn't really a sweet spot in sector or size. I will say that we tend to lean towards companies that are a little bit more forward thinking in their digital technology adoption, but the pandemic has changed that so that almost everybody has had, has been forced to to accelerate their adoption curve. And, and that's really changed the market for Poly as well. How so? Well, uh, I think things like Slack or Teams were somewhat inevitable over the course of the last five years. We're, our company's seven years old. And when we started seven years ago, we started on the thesis that messaging was gonna be the default way of communication in enterprise. And that was just kind of based on what we were seeing in the consumer world, right? Like. If you go back even a decade, texting had become the primary way that that people communicate with each other, um, especially in the younger generation. And so, like, just kind of fast forward that, and uh, as people join the workforce, we imagine that something like texting would happen in 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 the workplace environment. But the pandemic just accelerated that that trend to go forward. Uh, I think five or ten years faster than it would have otherwise. <laughs> Um, I want to look backward a little bit. Um, you got your first investment, I believe, in 2016. Correct. Um, a lot's gone on in the business world since, yeah. since then. Um, how did it impact you? Did you have to shift your business plan, your roadmap? You know, how did you sort of keep up? Yeah, I mean... I think there's a couple of distinct phases for Poly um, since 2016 and, and, and generally for the business world. Like early 2016, you actually saw the SaaS flash crash. If you remember that, that was a, 
a big compression of SaaS multiples that happened uh, during that period. And, and there was a little bit of a worry that, that SaaS was, was on its downward trend. LinkedIn kind of sold in, in, in that period for what it turns out was a great deal for Microsoft. Um, but you know, these kinds of things that are happening in the public market, they generally are, are, um, companies that are at the seed stage tend to be pretty well insulated from them. So we weren't, we weren't paying as much attention there, but it was something that was kind of circling in the background. Um, for us, you know, during that period, that was also the same year that teams launched. Um, and again, we were, we were focused on continuing to expand the number of services that we work on then as now. And, um, for us, you know, we were, we were just continuing to invest there. Now, I think the real change in the business really, and the real Rocky period was 2020 because the early, like the beginning, you know, couple of months of the, of, of 2020, everything was going as normal, uh, March, April, um, there were some real concerns around what the long-term future of the economy would look like. And then, um, as it turned out for us, uh, we, we started to see a lot more usage as people went to, to work remotely and started to deepen their usage on Slack and teams. And so we quickly realized by, by the, the May, June timeframe that no, we actually have to change how quickly we're investing in the, in the business and, um, and how we're, how we're adjusting our capital expenditures. And so 2020 was a little bit of whiplash. It was trying to figure out basically what's going to happen in the market. But I think overall, as we saw play out, just the, the long-term trends on remote and asynchronous work generally have just been accelerated over, over the course of the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I think just the general attitude and the general, uh, ability for, for remote work to be an acceptable way of working and, and, uh, and, you know, with both its, its pros and its cons, um, I think has, has changed the game, not just for us, but for, for business productivity software in general. So you must see an awful lot of data. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what are you seeing right now that strikes you as interesting? Um, so I think the, the, we've been expanding further and further into the world of meetings. So we started out, out, um, if you, if you recall, like on Slack was kind of a first surface and Slack was very much channel oriented and chat oriented. Um, and then teams kind of has both the chat component and a meetings component. And more recently we've been in zoom. And so we've been thinking a lot about how meetings impact your productivity, how meetings can be made better and, who are the kinds of people that that meetings impact uh, most disproportionately? And so for us, that's really um, it comes back to like ways that you need to reorganize the business around remote because the number of meetings that you have fundamentally changes. So let's take a step back uh, in in the kind of the pre-remote world. You could you could just tap your colleague on the shoulder and have a quick conversation and get aligned without having to, to call a meeting and go walk physically into a meeting room and, and, you know, do the formal whole, like getting time on the calendar thing. Those kinds of interactions are harder and harder to come by. And especially as more and more of us start jobs in, in a remote environment where you don't have that social currency to just tap somebody on the shoulder or DM them in Slack teams or, or wherever it is, uh, those kinds of interactions end up becoming meetings in a remote environment if you're not very careful about it. And so what Polly enables you to do and what we have been seeing uh, more broadly remote 
you know, organizations that are thoughtful about remote doing are um, trying to use structured mechanisms of feedback, trying to use documentation, trying to use processes to avoid having those kinds of interactions turn into meetings or when they do turn into meetings, becoming more productive. And, you know, you can do that. You can do that through ways of like, you know, crowdsourcing agendas, um, having regular status check-ins through an asynchronous tool and basically like take away some of that synchronous meeting time because, that ends up being a drain, not just on individual productivity, obviously, because you're 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 taking time away from kind of focused work and 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 moving it into meetings, but it's also just more draining, right? The whole idea of Zoom fatigue and the cost of meetings and the tax of meetings uh, being higher in the remote world is 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 very much true, and it happens to to occur at the same time that meetings are increasing because of remote, and so you have this like double whammy of meetings are more um, taxing on the individual and we also end up having more meetings. And this is particularly acute for middle management, for uh, people who are, who are managers of ICs or managers of managers, and they end up doing a lot of the coordination work that needs to happen in an organization. And so each one of those like touch points of coordination that maybe you could have avoided becoming a meeting before now is becoming a meeting. And Again, you know, like uh, having, for example, an automated an automated poly that goes out on some regular cadence to capture status on your on your project, so that you don't have to turn that into a meeting, um, is a really effective way of of cutting that back and overall improving the quality of life of of the people in the organization, especially the managers. So, how do you see the next few years um, panning out? How do you think they look for you? For us, um, yeah, I mean, we are incredibly bullish on these ways of communication becoming even more um, solidified over the course of the next few years. Uh, you know, it's loud and clear. We're hearing from the workforce that flexibility and um, the ability to do hybrid or remote is is a key part of how people think about the value of of their work life. And so, having an early lead on these platforms and and being you know, in, in most cases, the first app um, and, and the first integrated native app on these platforms, I think just puts us in a position of, of continuing to, to understand how these platforms evolve, continuing to understand how remote work is evolving and continuing to drive towards solutions that enable you to capture better engagement and, and more uh, enable more asynchronous work. Well, thank you very much for stopping by today. It's been great to talk with you. Absolutely. It's been great to talk with you as well. My guest today has been Bilal Aljazi, CEO and co-founder of Poly. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www. Evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.
Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.